Welcome back, everybody, to the Dusty Bender Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chance Watson, with you as always, Taylor Wells. Episode 113 coming at you folks today. Uh, Taylor, we uh, inadvertently took another week off. It seems like we we mentioned that we were going to do every other week, and then we just decided we were going to do it. Went ahead and did it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. I think I forgive uh, us. Yeah, yeah, I do too. And I think our fans are are very level headed individuals. Sure. Every single one of them. So uh I think that we're gonna be all right. I've only gotten a bunch of hate mail, but fine. Yeah. Where the fuck are you guys? God damn it. Are you like concerned people? Right. Are you guys oh. dead? Are you, yeah. you guys all right? You okay? Yeah. Do you guys need anything? <laughs> yeah. Good fucking yes. shit. Uh, yeah, so uh, we took, took a little time off, but we weren't gone by any means. Uh, definitely watching some hockey. We do have a Stanley Cup champion now. Sure do. Uh, our picks were incorrect, but that's nothing new, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was out we... the first round. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Before we get into it, folks, we need to give some shout outs here. Of course, as with every episode. First off, let's give a shout out to our favorite bar. The Hub Tavern out in Spokane, Washington on Monroe. The Hub Tavern in Spokane is your home away from home and the hockey bar in Spokane, really arguably the Pacific Northwest, I would say, but definitely Spokane for sure. Part of the Anchor Alliance, the only the only bar in uh, North Idaho, Spokane area to be on the Anchor Alliance. If you don't count the Moscow one. Eh. In any case, the Hub Tavern, uh, absolute beauties out there. Uh, I watched a few of the final games out at the hub. Great fans out there. Uh, definitely have grown a Kraken following mm-hmm. because while well, well, there definitely were Vegas fans there and there was even some Florida pa- uh, Panther Whoa. fans there. Couple, yeah. Um, Kraken games, it's standing room only in that place. Like it's yeah. it's packed nut to butt. So uh, definitely establish itself as a Kraken bar. But hey, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't have a problem with it. Uh, go on in and check out the Hub Tavern. They always have de- awesome deals going on. You can basically guarantee that any sort of hockey that's on, they will have the channel for you and be able to throw that game on. Uh, I think the event that they probably have coming up is the draft draft party. Yeah. Uh, go on in. They have lots of great deals, lots of fun things to do, and uh, usually some trivia. That's always a blast. Uh, you can go in and hear uh, some of Dave's terrible jokes. Sorry, Dave. They're great jokes. I apologize. Uh, go in, go in, and, uh, and and have a laugh and have have a few beers. Yeah, buddy. I oh, mean, and, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and when you mention uh, if you go in, mention that you heard about them from the Dusty Bender podcast. Dave might Dave might throw something at you. Whether it be a discount or a rock or you know whatever, salt shaker. Yeah, who knows? It's mm-hmm. what probably whatever is close enough for him to grab, to throw. So we'll see. Could be a beer. I'm, I'm just imagining him throwing something, but he's got it like a shitty grin on his face the whole time. So he's yeah. under the bar, reaching as he's like, "Oh yeah, welcome in. Glad you're here from the Dusty Butter Podcast." Bang, bang. His fucking face. That's how you get your beers. Would you Would you take that trade? Say you got a free beer. But he had to throw it at you. Oh, do you I, take the trade? I think if I, I just don't know how much beer I could catch. You know mm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I can't get my mouth that wide. So, what if he threw just an unopened can at you? Um, like you got to take the hit every time, but it's a free beer. 
depends on the depends on the distance. Okay, okay. There's a lot of factors that come into play in this. Yeah, there is. Really there breaking is this down. Uh, like faces that, off limits, but yeah. Yeah, it's like that old. Uh, I, I recently heard a very deep philosophical uh, uh, discussion recently. Um, that it was deep, a tale as old as time. Really, uh, would you rather suck one dick ten times or ten dicks one time? The the best video of this question is the the guy the like military guy yeah. and he has the fattest fucking bottom horseshoe lipper in uh-huh. yeah and he like he's like oh that's a great question and then it's a great question like, fuck it a. thinking about it you know <laughs> well if it's one dick then it's like you know love and shit and I'm like right that's, that's, that, there's some commitment it. there I mean shit. for me it's one dick because I don't know where the other nine dicks have been you know at least I know that one dick is you know, potentially disease. Like we said, there's a lot of factors at play here. Sure. A lot, a lot of what ifs, a lot of questions that need to be answered. Yeah. Yeah. And Um, is there free beer involved, right? I'm not sucking these dicks just for fun. You know, that's right. That's right. Free beer changes a lot of things. That's right. That's That's right. That's Uh, the new crackhead. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Speaking of beer, while I was at the hub recently, I did uh, partake in a special third line hockey beer that was there by Payette Brewing Company. Uh, that was for their uh, local Spokane tournament. Congratulations to the winners of that. Uh, saw I wasn't able to go to the draft party where everybody got drunk and got to pick players, but it looked like an absolute fucking blast. I talked to a lot of players that were there. They were coming in after games. Looked like an absolute fucking great time. Uh, glad everybody had an awesome time. I actually won a shirt um that that says third line hockey on it so that was that was pretty sick that is pretty sweet do you know where payette brewing is from uh i think it's down south right in boy in boise yep good guess man yeah there you go i know these things uh so yeah shout out to the third line hockey folks i believe they have a tournament coming up here in st louis that is the next tournament they have uh if you guys want to know more about third line hockey and the many tournaments that they have going on across the country with their very spiffy and cool themed jerseys, uh, mm-hmm. check out Third Line Hockey, uh, their website, and uh, on social media, Facebook, that kind of thing. Sweet, cool. Yeah, sad, uh, sad to miss it, but you know, I, I yeah, I'm glad they had a good time. Yeah, y'all, it looked like it looked like an absolute blast, and they looked really good in those jerseys. Like, hundred percent looked good in those jerseys. Nice. Uh, last up, shout out to longtime fan John Miller, Fire Chief John Miller. Uh, he's been he's been pretty busy out in the Silver Valley for for okay. a county of thirteen thousand people. He's been dealing with quite a bit lately. So hats off to you, John. You're you're putting up the good fight there and uh, continuing to uh, save idiots like us. I'm sure it's in the summer. It's you know campfires turning into wildfires. Oh. In the winter, it's probably fucking you know uh, cook houses and shit that blow up. So I I I was the editor for that paper right there for six for six years. Every year I wrote a story about somebody dying on Memorial Day weekend doing something Good fucking dumb. God. Like it was it was a problem. Good God, man. Yeah. Between four wheelers and people falling in the river, it was very dangerous. Yeah. I, I did a little camping over Memorial myself and yeah, I can I yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Even well, even down here there's fucking nut jobs, man crazy well it sounds like you won't uh, have enough free time to go camping anymore soon because you're now finally not an unemployed bum yeah everyone listening to the podcast isn't paying my fucking bills anymore so uh <laughs> yeah it's gonna be really weird not to watch netflix all day damn suckle at the government teat ah man it's that that government teat it's just there you know it is it's 
po- pokey and supple. Oh yeah, and then, oh, it always comes back to get you because they'll tax you for something. Well, and I even you know I'm sitting here I'm like fuck I need to go get I, I need to go get something I gotta work at a golf course or something. Right. They take that out of your unemployment. So why the fuck do I ha- I don't have any incentive to go get a uh-uh. fucking little no. job like that? It's pointless. Uh-uh. It's no. just yeah I don't know man. The, yeah. I don't. I don't think uh, when it comes to the federal government, it, there's a lot of sense really. Sometimes, nah, there's just there's like one brain cell between the 400 people in seats around our country. Fuck. And the bureaucratic nightmare that's there. All right, we. This is not a fucking angry libertarian podcast. Hockey. This is a hockey podcast. So let's dive into it, folks. We have, as of yesterday, we're recording this Wednesday, June 14th in the mm-hmm. afternoon. We have a new official Stanley Cup champion, the Vegas Golden Knights. Sure and do. Uh, my initial thoughts on this are good for them. Yeah, I, uh, you know, there's guys on that team that just could take a nice sucker punch. Okay. Blink at it. But, so, I, you know, and there's some fans that could probably do it too. But, you know, at the same time, <laughs> good fans. Okay. So for new listeners to the show, uh, I, before the Kraken even became a thing, I was a Golden Knights fan. Uh, they, their mascots, the mascot and I share the same name. Uh, I liked, you know, the background of the team and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, wasn't happy how they handled Flurry. They were being, you know, cold and calculating. But it, it, it's hockey, right? So, like, if you are the coldest, most calculated dick on the planet, but you win the cup, then you're a fucking galaxy brain genius, and it was all worth it, right? You know, every, every single move that, cause that's how hockey GMs work. Every single move that they did was now completely justified. Sure. And it worked, you know, uh, the, the whole flurry situation, uh, signing Leonard to a long-term contract only for him to break both of his hips and then have four goalies. All of that was planned. It all worked out in the yeah, end. It was. And- <laughs> yeah. That's a textbook. You've got like, <laughs> fucking bringing fuck- quick, bringing quick at the deadline. Cause you're like, who the fuck is going to be in net? And then you realize you have six goalies. Kenny Holland's taking notes during the f- cup final. Find four goalies. You know what teams need to be taking notes on? Find Bruce Cassidy and find Ivan fucking Barbashev. Yeah. Oh my That's all God. You fucking need, dude. Holy shit. So let's, before we get into the celebrations and stuff, let's, let's break down the series. Cause we didn't really, we didn't give out an episode during it. Uh, my initial thoughts on this are, uh, it went to the better team. Um, now we can, we'll get into the specifics of why they were the better team and every, but I don't think that the Florida Panthers were the better team in a single game. I think it's even hard to say that they were the better team in many of the periods, you know? Yeah. Um, at best, I would say that some of those periods were draws. The one game that they won, they did not outwork the golden Knights. They kind of just pull, you know, it's hockey. You can pull out a win sometimes. Sure. Uh, I think that the, the Golden Knights were just better from start to finish. That first game, when you felt the you know the paddle save by by Aiden Hill, uh, that man, that was just a, a sign of like, ooh, this Vegas is not gonna fucking take no for an answer. Yeah, I, I honestly felt I honestly felt like they did put up Florida did put up a little bit of a fight in that first game. Mm-hmm. Until the paddle save, right? And then it was just like, what the fuck do we gotta do? And it's right. just, you know. The, the minds start running your, your body. So, yeah, I mean, you know, good, good for them. I, I honestly, like as a fan of 
an expansion team, right? Like I want that to be the Kraken in a couple in, in four years. I, hey, this is good years, news right? for us. Yeah, yeah, it can be done. It can be done, and I think that. So yeah, breaking down the series again, uh, like you said, game one. I don't think that that was definitely uh, wind out of the sails, the paddle save. Yeah, but. You know, game one ends. It was still close enough to where you're like, all right, you know, this this could be a series. And then game two is more the same, where Vegas just kind of controls the play. Mm-hmm. It, it always just felt like they were in control. It always felt like Florida was the underdog. It never, it never had that magical moment that Florida had in all the other series where you're like, oh, my God, Florida is somehow the better team right now and just working the shit out of that. It never felt like that. It always felt like every game, every period, Florida was skating from behind. They yeah. were they were having to skate uphill. They were playing catch up the entire time, playing to the Golden Knights pace. Now, I you know, game three, they they took home. Uh, glad that Florida got a Stanley Cup final win at home. That was probably really cool for the fans um, and still gave them a little hope. But I watched that game, man. Like they just, it's not that they didn't deserve it. It's just one of those coin flip games. Yeah. And they won it on chance game four. They didn't fucking deserve that. That ping pong goal where was it? Montour fires it off. Uh, fires it off. Somebody. Yeah. It was like two or three guys before it went in all golden Knights. Have you ever seen a more bizarre goal in the Stanley cup final? No, but I just, it'll happen. Right. Sure. But you know, know, that was a three, two game. And it was only that way because of that bizarre goal. You know, if you don't have that, it's 3-1 and the Golden Knights are, you know, skating off uh, pretty handedly and they still won that game. So, yeah, uh, I mean, realistically, to go back to game three. Yeah. The refs tried to give it to the Golden Knights anyways, man. So it could have been a clean. Oh, my God. It could have been a clean sweep. That was that was by far the worst penalty I've ever seen. We almost. It's almost like we don't talk about officiating on this show anymore because we're so sick of like, what else is there to say? Right. Like what else is there to add to the conversation of officiating is officially like some of the worst we've ever had in a game, especially at least as long as you and I have been alive. Yeah. And I think the problem is, is that there's just no direction anymore with it. I think that no one knows what an NHL ref is supposed to do. I don't even think they know what they're supposed to do because well, it's a lose-lose situation. Right. So they're basically like, fuck me. If I call it, fuck me if I don't. Right. So it's like, you know what that, and then I got to even shit up and then I can't call anything in the last two minutes. And then it's just, there's so much going on in your fucking head. If you're a ref, it's crazy. But it was more of like, like when we were growing up, I, I feel like refing was a bit more understood. Like you still didn't, you still didn't like the ref. But it was understood that only like the most flagrant, blatant things are going to get called, and refs are there more to do balance of power. So like everyone gets one to three penalties a game. You know, like we're gonna we're gonna make sure that the pen- number of penalties is even, and we're not gonna call it actually how it is. Right now now it's kind of nebulous. Like you don't necessarily know, like, are we calling everything? Cause if the NHL comes out tomorrow and says, we have zero tolerance on all this shit and refs are going to call everything strict. I think a lot of people would be upset with that, but you understand it and you would right. respect it when they start calling everything. 
But that's the problem. I think the most thing we've talked about this on the show a thousand times consistency. I think we get so frustrated with the consistency of the refing. Yeah. It, it, either call nothing and let the players police the game themselves. And when I say nothing, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm talking like one to three penalties a game and, and keep it even or call a fucking game. Yeah. Yeah. To, to me, I think the, the, the easiest answer for this is blatant, right? If you call, if you call a penalty and, and maybe, maybe the, maybe the key here is, they just feel the the need to instantly throw the arm up, right? Mm. So something happens, trip, check to the head, something like that, right? And they instantly throw the hand up. Maybe there's maybe maybe they got to take a beat, right? Or maybe there's got to yep. be a way to delay that a little bit, right? You know, I, I don't know. I, there's got to be something better because, yeah, it's just, yeah, fuck. They throw their arm up for everything, or they don't throw their arm up, and then when they do, it's a fucking terrible one with 11 seconds left yep. in the fucking Stanley Cup finals. Like God, that it's was just such a terrible, that's terrible, call. terrible, call. terrible, terrible call. call. Absolutely terrible call. Like it, it wasn't, it was so off. And I think that's, again, that's where the frustration comes in is because like, Oh, you're finally going to make a call and that's it. And that's the one, right? Like, like that's on, it, a lot of guys. See, it, I don't have much, I don't have much time for the argument of like, you're going to call that right now because that implies that it was a penalty and it's just like, how dare you make that call at this time, right. at this juncture in the game? I don't like that because at the end of the day, like if you are down one goal with, you know, limited time left on the clock, maybe don't cross check a guy in the face, you know, sure. or don't do sure. like, don't do that. Like that, that's not the time to do that right now. So I understand that, but that call in game three where that, that, he didn't even make fucking con, like it was so blatantly, horribly not a penalty is just bad. So it was either, it's either one of two things and neither are good options for a ref. Either he's incompetent, saw it, thought it was a penalty and was wrong, which just means he's bad at his job. Or B, yeah. he knew it wasn't a penalty and called it anyway for game management. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I just based on where he was, yeah. I don't know how you make that call, man. I don't I just to me, like he was in, so the play was on, you know, if I'm Bobrovsky, right? And I'm looking up the ice, and the play's coming down on my left side. The ref that called it was in the fucking right corner. Mm-hmm. Where to me, really, what that looks like is he probably fucking zoned out. Saw Stevenson, or I think it was Stevenson. Saw somebody it on was the Stevenson. night. Yeah, Stevenson, Stevenson took right? the dive. Yeah, yeah, and then saw him on the ice and went, "Oh fuck, I do my fucking job, right?" Like, right. I, you know, I hate, I hate to hate to say that's what it was, but like, come on, dude, you have you have the best view of what happened. The yep. only way you could have known any better is if you were in Chandler Stevenson's fucking brain. Like, right. I just. It just kills me. Yeah, that was a bad one. I, I the other ones that bugged me were the obvious, you know, frustration from game two, sure. right? But the 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 two hand, you know, 
tap to whoever's fucking stick was holding it and Kachuk got a fucking game or a 10 minute out of it. Oh yeah. The, 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 here, the, the, the movement of the rat and shit. Like, Oh yeah, yeah that was that's fucking... such garbage. That's such a fucking, that's just a power trip, man. It is. And, and that, yeah, it just, it, and to be honest with you, the refing, the refing in my opinion did get better, right? I think game four and game five, the refing, the refing was a little bit better. I think it was a little more, a little more consistent. I think you're going to hear still... people say, it was still more of a factor than I would like. Sure, sure. But I agree. but 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 I agree with you. It wasn't like we we've seen worse. Sure, sure. we've definitely it wasn't seen worse. Shitty. Yeah. That's not a great compliment. But sure. I have we've seen worse. We've seen worse playoff refing and officiating. I th- God, I still last year, man. Last year was like a high point of just terrible refing. Um, it was bad. It was super bad. Uh, so okay, let's dig into this a little so game five comes around we go back to vegas it's three one vegas remembers that oh we're we're way better than you we're way better than you we're at home we're going to win the cup like i've already i've already booked like the champagne room at the strip club that's going to give us free lap dances for the rest of our lives like we're winning the cup tonight mm-hmm. and and it was that situation where like i texted they were up 2-0 i texted you i was like oh this is done yeah, it's over. And then they got they got one. I'm like, okay, maybe. And then I literally went from one bar where it was two one. It probably took ten minutes to go to the other bar down the street that I watched the rest of the game at, and it was four one. Yep. I'm like, ooh, shit. Mm, yeah, okay. Dumb. And that's that's the thing, though, right? So when you were texting me two zero, right? This is over. I. You got that feeling though, right? Like oh, yeah. just the the vibes, the the energy, uh, you know, from Florida, and it just felt all series like Florida needed to get, you know, they needed to have a lead at some point, right? I don't, yeah. I, I'd be hard pressed, you know. This is somebody I don't, that stats I don't a little did. better than we do. I don't know if they had a lead at I don't. all besides game three and OT, right? Like that's their only lead, and it was for zero seconds. Sure. Right. And I, I, I just felt the whole series, like they just, they were treading water, right? You're just trying sure. to fucking stop them from scoring another fucking goal. You know? So let's, let's dig into why. So let's start with Vegas. Let's give credit where credit is due. Vegas good has team. an incredibly deep roster. It's a good team. Um, Bruce Cassidy was smart enough to, you know, he broke up the golden Knights. He spread the talent around. Uh, he benched Phil Kessel you know, probably a smart move. Yeah. <laughs> to make cheeseburgers. Uh, it's this team has been built to win. And I think there is an argument here to, there is an argument to be made that they were just this good last year. But I remember, I think we talked about this at the end of last season, like the number of man games they lost due to injuries last year was like ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It was like over I- a thousand. I want to go back to your point that you made, I think uh, kind of our pre cut final, Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe it was almost before the playoffs. I liked what Vegas did at the deadline. Yes. Right. And that goes back to the barbershop. I already kind of brought him up, but you, you brought it up in a, in a previous podcast. They just, they did what a good Stanley cup champion does, right? They load up on the, on, on the, you know, back end and the, you know, bottom two lines and that kind of stuff. And that's, that's the first time we've seen them do that. And holy shit, it, it's a working fucking formula. Who would have thought? So uh, who and, knew, and, 
aggressively making your team better through acquisition leads to winning the cup. Who knew? Weird. Yeah, it's it's bizarre behavior from a GM. It's very strange. It's this archaic mentality of like, no, nah, we're going to tread water for five to ten years. And hopefully one of my, you know, hopefully uh, my 87th round draft pick uh, will finally blossom and I'll, and I'll, you know, throw a dartboard and it'll, I'll get the next fucking Hendrick Zetterberg. It's, I I hate that mentality because it's so, it's almost an excuse of like, I don't, I either don't have the authority to make this team better or I'm scared to make any moves. Yeah. Yeah because I, I care about my job more than actually taking a risk and trying to win with this team. Like we'll, we'll get into Dubas in a little bit. I, you can't. Yes. Did, did look at on paper, no context whatsoever. Did Dubas achieve much with Toronto? No. Sure. Technically not. He made the playoffs, which is impressive. Like every, sure. every year. Um, but no, not, not a lot of significant wins. Is that his fault? I not at all. Not it, it, that is what he assembled by all intents and purposes. Even Toronto fans will admit that's a great team. That's a good team that continues to under, underperform. And we can mm-hmm. get into Toronto later. This right here, this Vegas Golden Knights team has been in the works forever. Like, I mean, since since the first year when they realized that they caught lightning in a bottle, McPhee and McCrimmon have been working their asses off and fully have been working their asses off to improve this. They even said, we'll win a cup within six years. It's pretty badass. They called it year six, man. It's fucking, that's awesome. That's, I mean, it's not, it's not necessarily the prediction from Messier in the early nineties, but man, that's, it's something. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say to hammer that point home, right? If you, if you look even as, as early as last year for Colorado, right? Who, who did they bring in? What big name did they bring in to that team in order to get over the hump? Darren Hill. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> fucking, fucking Josh Manson, right? Like Cogliano. Like guys yes. that guys that are that are just fillers, right? They 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 you know but, somebody but goes solid fillers. They go in. I agree. I think like a barbershop, right? That's a that's a great filler. Even it, it, the word you're looking for is a trustworthy player. Trustworthy player, that's fine. I, I think for me, you know, what Tampa was trying to do with Tanner Janot, right? That's that's the recipe, man. That's that's what you do if you uh, you know already know that you have a good team. And this is this is where the New York Rangers, the New York Rangers showed us why the other the other direction doesn't work as well, right? Bringing no. in Tarasenko and Pat, Patrick Kane when they needed some guys that could go in and fucking bang a little bit, right? So I, yeah, I just you know. Maybe there's some logic to that. Maybe there's some logic to that in the sense of like, if you go out, like if you're at the deadline and you're a, you're a, you're a set playoff team, but you're going at the deadline and you're genuinely considering picking up star talent, you know, like first to second line talent, eh, second line. If you're looking at genuine first line talent, maybe your team isn't built for the playoffs. Sure. You know, like if you've gotten this far and you're still looking for a bona fide number one center or something like that, you might have, deeper problems right you know what i mean like you're, maybe you're not set if you're the vegas golden knights and you're like my top two lines are set like i don't fucking i don't need to go get another jack eichel i don't need a timo meyer right like i'm just gonna firm up my base make sure i've got solid guys 
Like, and Barbashev, I mean, you know, who could have predicted Barbashev was just going to be a fucking stud? Who could have predicted? I mean, Marcheseau is a good player. Don't get me wrong. Who could have predicted he's going to be the con Smythe? I fucking love Marchie has been my favorite player since day one for the Golden Knights. Um, I fucking love that guy. Uh, Uh, He's a punchable face, dude. Oh, I know. 100%. He's he's a he's a low key rat. I, Ta- I he he is he is Brad Marsh on light. I was telling you this yes. when we were out of the phone. He is Brad yeah. Marsh on light, and oh, hundred percent. You know, you hate yeah you, you you hate to love him if you're Vegas, and you love to hate him if you're anybody else. So. Oh yeah, he's he's got a mouth on him for sure. But that's you know we we just got done singing the praises of a guy on the other team. I don't know if you've heard of this guy Kachuk. Oh sure, yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, this I guy, I mean, he's he's bringing back old time hockey essentially, and everybody right. fucking loves him. He's I. I wouldn't be surprised because the this is how the NHL works. You know, Zegras got the star treatment because he, you know, was in the spotlight for five seconds for picking the puck up and, you know, lacrossing it in, mm-hmm. even though he was on a bad team. Now Matthew Kachuk is now in. The, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Kachuk, even though Golden Knights won this year, Kachuk's probably on the cover of NHL 24. I think I think there's a little bit more to that. I think those kind of guys do have a personality, right? Yeah. Matthew Kachuk has a personality. Zekris has more. Cider has a fucking personality. We're right? so, so think... hungry for hockey players with personalities. Oh, yeah. Fucking Connor McDavid is the most boring man on the planet. Sure. Like, not even from I'm I, I I hate taking this from the marketing perspective. I work in marketing and whatnot, and I hate to do that because it, at the end of the day, it's not about marketing. Like, it's it's about winning the cup. I don't care if I don't care if Connor McDavid is stone faced all the time and has the personality of a fucking rock sure. at the end of the day. He's the best player in the world. And I'm never going to get rid of him, especially if he's just not good in interviews. Like it's just not going to happen. Right. That being said, like that's from the marketing perspective, like McDavid's just not marketable. Right. He's just not. Yeah. Archie is. Yeah, it's true. I uh, could Chuck really is. Like I said, he's, he's probably, I would put him as the f- gambling odds front runner to be on the, cover of nhl 2024 yeah i think that or somebody from the golden knights you know stone probably stone maybe stoner with his with his uh yeah never scored a goal before in his life stone you mean Uh, you know fuck it okay it's only because i don't like the golden knights yeah okay i was gonna say i I under i understand i understand i like the passion i like all that shit i love that i'm not a golden knights guy so i love that Ovi has scored a thousand goals like a, a you know more goal. I I don't know how many goals Ovi scored. A lot. He scored a fucking lot of goals. Every time he scores, he acts like it's his first fucking goal, and he's so excited because he understands that he's playing a game for a living, and it's the greatest fucking thing on the planet. You know, I it's I love that. I I love the passion. I love that guys love hockey and Stone going out and go. You know, scoring fucking scoring a hat trick in the, in the Stanley Cup clinching game. Fuck, yeah. man, scream all you want. Good for you. Yeah, but then there's also footage of him two-handing a stick out of a guy's hand, not getting a penalty, and then walking down to the other end and fucking diving and get a penalty. So, sure. and I get it, I get it, right? Like, that's what you do to win the cup, yeah. but that's not a, that's, fuck, man. That's oh, it sucks. Not, I don't know. I, I'm not, yeah, sucks. I don't hate Stone. I I, under, I totally understand, I understand his value and shit. Like, fuck, if Stone was on, I mean, if Stone was on any of the California teams, I'd still hate him. Uh, you know, if if Stone was on the Kraken, I'm sure I'd love him, right? You know, oh, I'd love just, Stone. It's the I same team. thing, right? So, yeah. like, it's just, yeah. yeah, yeah. I want him to be sad, and he got to be really happy this year, and that sucks. That's fair. 
That's fair. And and I think most of that hatred comes from, and, and I will sympathize with this, uh, Golden Knights fans. Like, Golden Knights fans yeah. are, are pretty rough. Um, they're, they're fairly toxic. Good um, at least, at least, you know, Twitter amplifies everything, but, um, and, and, and you know what, I'm never going to, the, the only reason I kind of backed out of the whole fight and not, I didn't dogpile on Vegas fans is because like, they were mostly directing it at like Toronto people. Yeah. Which is pretty, and, and I was uh, totally okay with that. So like yeah. Toronto fans are trying to recover. Oh, go on to Twitter right now. Find any Toronto fan account. They are 100% trying to get any dignity that they can get left by just dunking on the Florida Panthers. It's like, dude, they fucking cleaned your clock. Yeah, you still lost. Like, you didn't, you, you got to the second round. They fucking gave you a gentleman's sweep. And then they went to the Stanley Cup final and did something that you have not done in quite a long time. Like, yeah. th- they're better than you. They're, they were just are. I, just, I think it's it, Toronto's so fucking salty. It's hilarious. Like Toronto oh, would. Yeah. It was basically like Vegas and Toronto cheering for Vegas. Yeah. Exactly. Everyone else, you know, but yeah, God, Toronto, dude, Toronto so would have lost in two games in the fucking final. They would. Yeah. Oh, they would. <laughs> they would have somehow just like made it two games and they would have lost. No way. There's no way they, they, that, that team's not, we, we can get to the Toronto later, but no, I, I think that Vegas overall, uh, to, to kind of wrap up why Vegas was good in this, like all their players, first off health, like it seems like yeah, there were no major injuries with these guys. Their, their lineup was solid front to back. I mean, it's, you look at this raw, this is, this is a Stanley cup winning team. You look at the, yeah. from first line to fourth line, you've got solid names, trustworthy names. You look at the defense. Fuck man. I, I know the He's not a household name really, but I, he falls into my cat. You know, I love, reliable solid defenseman and zach white cloud is so underrated in this degree like the guy is so reliable and he's a third line defenseman on this team Mm -hmm. like when you've got petrangelo and shea theodore and alec martinez going out there like it's such a deep team and they played they played quite well uh it seems that all of these players it find like the stars aligned basically when cassidy came in cassidy Mm -hmm. comes in implements his system knows how to work this team apparently is the goalie whisperer because yeah, I, it, some people are embellishing saying that Aiden Hill was their four string goalie. Aiden Hill was not their four string goalie. His um, backup all year. I mean, Logan Thompson got off to a hot start. Aiden Hill was the backup. Right. Right. And then Brassois you know, comes in, plays a little bit. Right. Hill, Hill and him kind of switched up a little bit. And I think Hill, yeah. Hill got a little bit hurt. You could, I, uh, I, I would, I would argue that Hill was, you know, I, I would love to see the percentage of games that he played in the year. I would mm-hmm. probably get, I would probably guess what, what, 30%, 40%. Yeah. I'd probably put it closer to 30. If you're, if you're, if you're swapping around, you know, Thompson, uh, so Thompson, Bersois, and then even quick, got a couple games in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were hoping quick would do something and he did not. No, but, but that's insurance and you need, and, with Vegas's horrible luck with goalies in the past, you you needed it. And I yeah. look, it, it obviously didn't hurt. So yeah. you can't complain. Uh, Aiden this Hill was, played 27 of 82 games for the Golden Knights. Okay. So was kind of close. That sounds, I'm not a math guy, yeah. but that sounds like 30%. Yeah, pretty close. Okay. Um, so I, there's nothing, nothing wrong. And, and it's not, I, I think that he didn't play bad. I wonder what, what does it say? What his season uh, save percentage was? 
Season save percentage was 0. 0.91 if 0.915 and a 2.5 goals against average. Kraken I mean, fans would Kraken fans would kill for that save percentage. Oh god, yeah, man. I would I would kill for Grubauer or Jones to have had that. So yeah, I there's nothing right. So I'm, I, is it a is it a come from behind story where like you know he comes out of the woodwork? I wouldn't say that, but sure, I'll I'll give it to you in the fa- in the sense that no, Aiden Hill was definitely designated. Whether it was Logan Thompson or Bressois, or even if Leonard came back in a miracle, he was relegated to the backup role. I don't think sure. he's, he's, not, he's not the fourth string. Not the fourth league. string. He wasn't down in Henderson. Fuck, you know what I mean? Like this is an NHL caliber level goalie and he definitely got them through the playoffs and he played great. Well, and I, I wouldn't even like, I wouldn't look at quick Leonard Leonard probably would have been the starter. Right. But obviously yeah, he had his shit. So, I mean, do you think he even comes back? No, I think he's done. Yeah. I think he's done too. Between and I him think... being between him being weird and having double hip surgery. Yeah. He's fucking done. Oh fuck yeah! I mean, hip surgery for a goalie? Good fucking luck. Yeah. The only the only thing that would be worse is your knees. I, I mean, maybe, like maybe. But hips, hips, fucking, you know. Yeah. It, butterfly. I don't know, man. It's like, know. and it, and it was. It, it, I mean, that's what ended Rask's career. Remember Rask? He did all this rehab, and he was gonna. He tried to make a run of it, and he just couldn't do it. Yeah. So. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Goalie situation is definitely. Definitely got to be their top priority. I think. I think. I think you're going to see Hill and Thompson. I think even Brassois could go get a backup job somewhere. But you're not going to keep him over those two young young. I, and not saying that Brassois is that old. I think he's probably like 29. Sure. Um, but you're going to keep Thompson and Hill and just run with it. And I think. Yeah. I think you're going to see. You're going to see them realistically split games pretty even because Logan Thompson did have a good season mm-hmm. um, when he was kind of starting off. Sure. And got hurt, but yeah, I, uh, I, I do want to bring up, and this will segue kind of into why Florida did not win. We talk about that. Talk about Florida's now. Um, look at Vegas's path to the final. Is it? Was there? Was there some solid teams that they went through? Absolutely, hundred percent. Was it on paper as tough as what Florida went through to get there? Fuck no. Yeah. Fuck no. Uh, it's the the fucking briar patch that the Florida Panthers had to club through to get to the Stanley cup final. And you and I actually going back to our many predictions that we make, I think we did mention that, you know, the, the odds of a team coming out of the West winning it were good because of just the amount of fucking talent in the East that, that yeah. whoever comes out of the East is just going to be fucking battered. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's not to complete. I, it's, that's why I wanted to talk about why the golden Knights won and because they, they did, they're, they're a great team. They absolutely deserve it. They climbed over some good teams to get there and yep. beat a miracle run team in the final. That being said, I think it's a combination of the magic ran out for Florida and then injuries. Like it's coming out now, all the fucking like Kachuk's, the style of hockey that he plays, you know, they don't, they're not going to report on the numerous fucking contusions and shit that they're dealing with that. That's all just run of the mill. You assume that they've got those things, mm-hmm. you know, I, fucking, uh, Kachuk skating with a goddamn broken sternum and, that's, that's... uh, Ekblad with a two separated shoulders and a broken foot. And like, it's just ridiculous. Like they that's so scary, dude. It's like, unreal. I can't even like my old ass. Can't even fucking imagine doing that shit. No, anymore. No way. You know, like no I, I, I know I, I, that can remember one for sure. 
that I I for sure had a fucking concussion. I got I got tripped up right into a dude's fucking knee. Oh, oh yeah, just bad. And then I got up and I was pissed, and I fucking took the draw, went in and scored. But I could, I, dude, they wouldn't let me fucking sleep that night, dude. Like they knew right. I had a concussion, but I right. basically just stayed on the ice, you know. Right. That's just, uh, yeah, God, I can't even imagine skating with a broken fucking sternum. My God. God. And it, it was from that one hit for sure. It was, uh, who's the one that just crunched him? Was it Stevenson? The yes. one just fucking smoked him. It was a great hit. And it just, it was a suicide pass from his D. It really was, which that's a whole other fucking story. But great, yeah, great fucking hit. But yeah, well, that's definitely the one that did it. Because he came I, back, I think that was in game three or four. He did come back and play a little bit, but God, that thing had to be so swollen. <laughs> oh, God, fuck. I can't. Well, and stern, like the sternum pain, like, dude, I so I have this is going to be a long fucking word. I have uh, it's it's this condition where like your the cartilage in your sternum will swell just I'm randomly. Weird. Oh, it's it's called like costochondritis or something. But like it as somebody who like has had sternum pain, like it's so fucking annoying. I can't imagine cracking this motherfucker. Oh god, dude. You just feel like, like you are I don't know if you know I don't know if you know this, but your sternum fucking holds your entire skeleton together on your upper body. So <laughs> God, what do they do? They have to they have to do surgery, just glue it back together. I I I don't know. I don't know. I would assume that there's not too much you can do. You just have to stay immobile. He's like in a breast cast. Yeah, something. I, I, I don't know. I'm not a medical professional. We we should get a medical professional to bring on the show. Somebody that was right. in sports medicine. Yeah, that, that some shows do that. Oh, well, what's what, what's the what's the course of action for if you were if you have this injury? Some shows do that. We don't bring anybody on. No, no. We're selfish. We, we just want to hear ourselves talk. That's very true. That yeah. is very true. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So Florida, I, I think it it does Florida disservice to say that injuries were not a factor in this, you know, especially sure. for game five, game five, Florida just looked so deflated. Like they looked tired. They looked beat. They looked like all the, you know, all the excitement, all the energy that they had coming in to the first, the final round, it was just gone. Like they just looked yeah. tired and beat. And I think that plays into the, the colossal amount of talent that they had to climb over to get here, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think. it's Boston, Toronto, Carolina stacked up against Winnipeg, Edmonton and Dallas like no. Well, OK, some disrespect. Winnipeg's trash like, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the, the West was already a shit show. And Dallas, Dallas was gassed from the Kraken series. Yes, yes. Yeah. The, the Kraken absolutely gave Dallas a run for their money. So you pretty much played Edmonton. Essentially. And yeah. even then, you know, Edmonton had a, had a tougher series with LA. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, and when you play Edmonton, in my opinion, you're playing Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's, I'm not, I'm not trying to take away, I guess, from Dallas and Edmonton, but fuck man. Uh, it just head to head, the path to the cup for Florida was much harder. And yeah. it, it's, it's impressive that they got over the teams that they did. And I'm very hopeful for them in the future. You know, I, I think that they've, Gained a lot of energy and momentum going forward. I think if you tweak the roster a little bit, everybody gets healthy. Um, you still got some big question marks with Bob. You know, what, what do you do with the goaltending situation there? Yeah, I don't, I honestly, you're running Bob. You got Spencer Knight back there. I don't, I don't think you'll see Alex Lyon. He'll, be, he'll go get a backup role somewhere. 
Knight's but, still in the Knight's still in the assistance program, I think. Yeah, I saw him out. He went to like some horse racing. I follow Zegers on everything. Okay. She's my, you know, Jesus Cristo. Sure. Um yeah, so he was he was out and about. So I think I think the last word I heard on him was that like things were trending upward. That's good. That's good to good to hear. But That's yeah, so hear. I think I think you do run out Bob and um yeah, I mean, really conditioning, right? Like, I mean, you know, and, and I think, I think to your point, Barkov got hurt in the Carolina series. He wasn't having a great playoffs to begin with. He did not. Barkov and did not look like Barkov. Shit, man, he didn't do shit. So, yeah. this was this is a guy. What was it? Two, three years ago, we're we, you and I are sitting here in front of these mics saying that you know Barkov is one of the most underrated, underappreciated players in the league. He should yeah. be in the conversation with you know, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and Nathan McKinnon. And he just doesn't get the love because he's on fucking Florida. Yeah. That, I mean, right. we, we all had those conversations and now like now he just, I, I mean, I don't want to say he played bad. I he just wasn't, he just wasn't he, a star player. He just resorted to, he's a very good two way center. Yeah. Right. So he just resorted to playing defense and then hoping that Duclair and I think, uh, no, Verhege was on the second line. Uh, Verhege helped Sam cousins. Bennett. Was it Cousins? I think it was. I think it was Cousins. cousins I was up with. Was on the first player. line. You got Sam Bennett in there somewhere. Um, yeah. So I think yeah. I think where you could where you could really point to with Florida, I I wouldn't change too much. I mean, I think up front, especially, they looked pretty damn good. I think they have a pretty solid decor. I don't know if any of those guys need to be signed and shit like that. We could probably do our research, but we won't. Mm-hmm. So I think I think you're just you're focusing kind of on those bottom two lines and um, I, you just you can't hope that fucking Mark Stahl and Radko Gudis have a playoffs again like they did this year, right? I mean I know they, they <laughs> Gudis couldn't stay on his Gudis couldn't fucking skate in the finals, so he got rallied like fucking three or four times. Yeah, it's which is crazy. Like but. I said, not not to make excuses because I, I I really am not taking away from the Golden Knights. They are they are a very solid team. Oh, they were the better uh, team. Easy. There's there's an argument to be made that they could have done this this year or last year if they had a healthier squad. Um, yeah, Vegas is going to be a force to be reckoned with for probably another two or three years, I would say. Yeah. Um, before and even and if they choose to do a, a rebuild on the fly, which, hey man, they've shown that they are heartless enough to do that. Um, you know, it, I wouldn't be surprised. It's it's we, we were sitting here thinking there's no way they're going to get rid of Mark Andre Fleury yet he was the heart and heart and soul of that team yet they got rid of him so I mean anybody is on the table you know Riley yeah. Smith Riley Smith might be might be looking at a new home here soon yeah I don't know I just there you know if you look at the West like Dallas Dallas is probably the second best team maybe you know Edmonton Edmonton is yeah. probably right there but yeah. I just you know who's who's gonna who's ready right now to compete against this Vegas team on the West side of things. And it's just not a lot as much as we'd like to say it's Edmonton because of McDavid and Dreisaitl, man, they got a little ways to go. right. Like there's some follow my, lo- follow my logic on this. So, I mean, you, you throw Colorado in there obviously as well. Sure. Um, the news about Landis Scog not coming back next year sucks. Um, but, but they could probably put them on IR and, and use the cap space to, to fill some holes. So it's not the end of the world. Sure. Uh, you know, Edmonton is in a situation where, They've got the star talent and you're trying to build the foundation. Whereas you've got the Kraken who are the, who are the foundation and just need a a little bit of star power. Yeah. 
you know, it's, it's two separate, it's two sides of the same coin. And I would definitely, you could, you can make an argument that Seattle right now is Vegas light in the sense that, that the core or the, the structure of that team is that you are deep from top to bottom. Vegas went and got a star. They got Jack Eichel. Yeah. Okay. That's what was, I mean, March or so got the MVP. You think, what do you, what are your thoughts on Marchie getting the MVP? I know you don't, you know, obviously he's a rat, but yeah. deserving. Do you think he's deserving? Yeah, hundred percent. You can't okay. lead. You can't lead the playoffs and goals and and you know, fuck. He was on a stretch of like yeah. nine games with fucking nine goals or something stupid, right? Yep. So like, you just you can't do something like that and then your team just blow out the team and the the other team in the finals, right? And right and not look his direction. I think I think there's three guys on that team that were very deserving of it. Eichel was another one, obviously. He's just he's a little more of a passer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Aiden Hill, man, you can't look past Aiden Hill. No. I, like you were saying, right? Like a lot of people saying he's a fourth, fourth, uh, on the depth chart, but man, he played lights out and he just continued it into the biggest stage. Whereas Bob, Bob was hung out to dry by his team. He really was like, it's a lot of people pointing towards Bob. It's, it was I wouldn't, I wouldn't give any, if you want to analyze this series and look at Florida's play, look at the first four games. That fifth game is like it's like it's Defeated. like their their will to live had just been crushed. Like they had already played a round of golf and they were like, yeah, oh, this is, it's, this is they, okay. they were done. So if you're going to sit here and be like, well, Bob had a really weak game five. Yeah, yeah, of course he did. Like they all played. They got they got nine fucking goals scored against them. Like yeah, they were all garbage. Yeah, they were really bad. They they gave up. They gave up. It, it, it's it's a very rare situation. A, another dream scenario where, you know, of fans i understand why toronto fans are salty you've been doing you know you've been for some reason committed to this cult for the last you know 70 80 years and you haven't won a fucking cup and you have nothing to show for it um and and vegas just comes in and does it i honestly like i hate that argument because they're like wow they haven't they haven't suffered enough it's not about suffering it's not about suffering. It's about putting together the right team. You've had 80 years to do it. They've had six and they did it first. Like, fuck you. Yeah. I, I think, I think almost, almost talking to Toronto fans, you've got to look inward, right? Yeah. What, what's, what's your initial reaction when someone has a bad game? It's instantly let's fire Freddie Anderson into the fucking sun. Right. Right. Whereas like in Vegas, even even though you know uh, the, the big the big Vegas podcast, I, I think the guy is a little off base pretty regularly. But at the same time, he's not super negative. Like I like Vegas, he's probably the most negative one. And Ken, Ken is on I I love Simon by the way because yeah. he's like like Ken is a sky is falling guy. You know, like he's yeah. is there's always an issue. There's always a problem. Uh, you know, there's something that there, and that's what makes his show great because there, it, you can go down rabbit holes and talk for three hours about some hypothetical scenario and overanalyzing shit. It, yeah. It, it, it makes for some compelling listening for sure. I appreciate it. Yeah. But at the same time, you're right. Like sometimes he's just pulling it loose drawstrings and unraveling to the point of like, Oh, you know this, b- because you've got, Teddy Bluger on your fourth line, you're not ever going to win anything. You know. Yeah. But I think, I think to that point, right? Like majority of the Knights fan base is just happy to fucking be here. We don't yes. know what the fuck offsides is. Yep. We don't know what icing is. Correct. We're just happy to be here and dress up like a fucking knight. And 
and do uh unite the realm on the side of a yes. fucking mustang whatever the fuck it was and right, look like, they just they, i understand the hate i understand the hate for that specific and and there might even be a little bit of it for me because that pissed me off but you know what i i'm not going to go full length on that because that's why i like when these teams win because the vegas golden knights won there's now an a brand new generation of people who would have never liked hockey now into the sport. And I fucking love that. Yeah. I, I, there was a great post that I can't even tell you the person's name, but they basically said, you know, I didn't even know I liked hockey before the beginning of the year. Now I'm buying season tickets, right? Like that's, and that's, you know, and and we're, we're probably going to see that in Florida too, right? Like, you know, we've had the cup finals in Florida for the last, what, three, four years. Yep. Right. Where like, man, it's just, it's, it had, you know, it's going to catch on at some point and fuck, this was so good for them too. So I just, yeah, I, I can't complain growing the game like that. I, uh, you know, and I, I really, you know, I act like an asshole, but I don't have a problem explaining hockey to people at games. Uh, sure. as long as you're not being an asshole when I fucking tell you, right. You know? Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. It, it was a boring ass final. It was. Oh, but. one of one of the arguably one of the worst entertainment like, when you're when you're in the second period and you know that you're winning the cup yeah like it's it you know early early second period you knew it was over like was we're like we're six, right we're wait we're wasting our time at this point yeah. so i think it was like six one uh oh, six one it was six, yeah one. no they they only got two goals in the third period when it was yeah. way out of hand uh no, it was you. You knew it was over. You knew this game was over. You knew there was no coming back. Florida wasn't making some sort of desperate attempt. Uh, it was done. So unfortunately, that's how it was. It was not very entertaining, but good for Vegas fans. Um, I, I we yielded a, a few cool things from this. Like I, I love that you know this is Vegas's first you know professional sports franchise. They also now have the win. That's that's great. Um, arguably the coolest Stanley Cup win photo like team photo has been taken it was you know the you know the goal camera like a like, that sits directly above the goal so you can see the goal line of whether the puck crossed or not mm-hmm. there's a picture of all the golden knights behind up against the glass behind the net but they're like perfectly centered in like they didn't even mean to do it but they're like in a heart and marchie's like it, everybody's like their faces are eye level and marchie's in the center like looking up it it's a very cool photo. Like yeah. I, if I, we, re, we, re, we retweeted it on Twitter. Uh, go check that out. It's, it honestly is one of the coolest, you know, championship photos I've seen from a Stanley cup. Yeah. Fired into the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, what'd you think? Of, what'd you think of the cup order? It, it, it kind of cool that uh, the, all the misfits get it first, right? Yeah. I mean, they've, they, I mean, you start going through the team, that's who's been there the longest right yeah. so i i do like that i think you know that's just that's such a cool way to do it man yeah i agree i it's i think the the organization for how ruthless they have been with their players but at the end of the day and this is a perfect segue into into our next topics but like uh, man there's too many fucking teams that are just it's you can get mad at vegas all you want for being cold and calculating but at the end of the day they still have five five to six players from that original misfits team, which is, which is a good core, which shows. And they made moves. Like they wanted to win. They took risks. Like Eichel was not a guarantee. 
Yeah. Eichel, there was there was no guarantee they were going to win. In fact, the number of people, myself probably included, go back to earliest episodes, thought that there's no way you can win a Stanley Cup with Jack Eichel. He's too selfish. He's too, you know, narrow-minded. He's too, uh, not a two-way player. Uh, he's just not, he's just not uh, 500 hockey men material, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to do this. They took a risk on him. He also had a neck surgery. I, granted, I'm sure they researched the hell out of it to make sure that he was going to be able to play. But you never know what these kind of things. He comes out of a surgery and he, he might not be the same player. Right. A lot of risks associated with it. And they made the move anyway. And the risk paid off. And they got Petro. They spent a lot of money. They spent a lot of time. They got a good coach. And it worked. That it's, You can't get angry at, like, it, this isn't like a roll of the dice team. Where you're like, oh, it's it, it, the stars line, and this just worked. This this wasn't one of those situations. They they have been building this for quite a while. Yeah, I like to imagine that like the GM the summer that they pulled Petro in was just like at a campsite one time, and Petro happened to be there, and he's just chopping wood, <laughs> like he's just absolutely hammering these logs, and he was like, "That's my guy. That's the mm-hmm. guy I want. yeah, that's right." That's good. Just, just, you know, feeding the fire for the whole weekend. And it's just, that's what I like to imagine. I mean, that's what he's going to do after. Well, now that they all, now that they all have unlimited lap dances. Yeah. He'll be there for a little bit. And then I don't know. Well, with the amount of fucking children that they had at the celebration, I don't know if lap dances are even allowed in those families. Probably. Well, I mean, it's Vegas who fucking knows, man. All right. Well, congratulations to the Golden Knights, uh, Florida. It was it was nice knowing you. You guys had a great run. Uh, hope the best for you moving forward. Yeah, there you go. Yep. All right, Taylor. We uh we got a mid roll, don't we? Sure do. All right. What are we talking about today? We are talking about DraftKings Sportsbook today. Ooh. It is after the finals. But there's got there's just a thousand things to to bet. There's on, always right? something so, to gamble on. Always something to gamble on. So it's a little bit hockey oriented, but just kind of imagine what you can now just gamble on. So mm-hmm. gamble on the mm-hmm. MLS for all you for all, you know baseball. There's plenty. There you go. If you uh, can stay awake during a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean that's just a minor detail, <laughs> right? I guess cool. you don't have to be awake to gamble on baseball. Yeah, you can you can wake up from your snooze in the bottom of the ninth inning and just see if you won. Um, That's I, right. I love baseball, but it's it can be a little boring. Cool. So light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can make a $5 bet and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN as in the Hockey Podcast Network. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinem.org. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash hockey terms. Nice. Got through that quite well. There you go. 
Nice work. All right. Out of the Stanley Cup final. Uh, once again, congratulations to the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, could be could be better, but certainly could be worse. Sure. Moving on. Some other news out of the hockey world. Uh, folks, the AHL playoffs are still going on. Sure. And uh, Kraken fans are probably very excited about that. As the Coachella Firebirds, many familiar names on this roster that had appearances on the Kraken roster, are currently fighting for the Calder Cup final against the Hershey Bears. Sure. And uh, as 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 of this recording, they are up in the series two to one. Won the first two pretty handedly, shutting them yeah. out with pretty significant Both scores. Games. Game three going to overtime, uh, just dropping that one. Uh, not too bad in, in Hershey. Uh, I haven't watched any of these games, but I've, I have watched the highlights. And, mm-hmm. uh, man, uh, I, all it does is make me, I, you know, if they win the Calder Cup, I'm two fucks last but AHL is just basically like mercenaries, but I'm very excited about a lot of the prospects on this squad and them eventually making it up to the Kraken roster next year. Yeah. I think a lot of this team is a little older, right? I think they Mm -hmm. they definitely have some guys that are a little older, but at the same time, yeah, you got guys, you know, Cartier again, playing good down down I, with the team. I really think that year. he makes the roster, man. I think so, too. I just, there's no doubt in my mind, unless they bring someone that's just ridiculously good in, Jesper uh, yes, yes, Brad or something they bring in. Yeah. Or, I, don't, I don't know what, you know, what the plan is there. But, um, yeah, I, the team the team looked so good through two. And like we were saying, I think, I think before the podcast even started, even a 5-4 overtime loss, right? Mm-hmm. That's That's one of those, like, that is game three of the Stanley cup finals, right? That's yep. a, that's a Hershey kind of just stole it, right? They got kind of, kind of lucky, sure. right? Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how Coachella jumps back. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, yeah, I, I just, from what I've been reading and, and watching highlights from this team, yeah, it's just, yeah. I it's mean, Kraken might have the AHL winner, dude. Is jo- uh, Joey Dackard, uh, set an AHL record, I think, back-to-back shutouts in the in the Calder Cup final. Yeah. First yeah, time ever, or it, at least in a very long time. I watched an interview with him, too. He's got a little bit of a personality, too, man. I like that. Yeah, he's, he's, he's kind of, he seems like a cool old dude. Da- so. Old Dacker, he's going to be, I that guy's going to be with this team for quite a while, which is funny because I think we, we were all, we would if we had our money on it, it would have been um, Drieger, but yeah, who knows? Yeah, I think Drieger's got one more year left, so it'll be interesting to see kind of what they do. I, I wouldn't be surprised if for next year they just run Drieger as the backup goalie in Seattle. Oh, just really? Because, see, I just I, I it'd be I, I'm interested to see his contract. I think his contract mm-hmm. is more, more more than likely is a one way, right? So whereas Dacker could come up and go back down depending sure. on that stuff. And, and okay, uh, that you, makes sense. Yeah, so. I, my guess is that's what it is, but I, you know, who knows? Maybe they buy out Drieger too. I mean, Dackard yep. is clearly ready to go. So, yep, I agree. Very cool. All right, let's uh, get into some actual NHL news now because we have had. It, we're not even to the draft yet. We've got some uh, drafts. What twenty eighth? Uh, that's a great question. I believe you're right. I think it's Thanks. like a week or two weeks from today. Yeah, we're we're coming up on the NHL draft, and we've already had. Uh, a few moves, uh, a lot, a lot of front office kind of shit, but yeah. also some player moves as well. Uh, I think the first thing that we should probably talk let's let's talk about the the big shakeup. Let's get into uh, uh, the whole Toronto drama. Yeah. 
So uh, for those who have not been living, even if you're not a fan of the Toronto Maple Leafs, you're, you're like force fed updates on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, if you follow hockey at all. So uh, Kyle Dubas let go after he said he needed to think about if he wanted to be the GM some more. Mm -hmm. uh, he's let go from Toronto and is rumored to be talking to a bunch of teams. Da, 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 da. It comes out that while Dubas is putzing around and meeting with Sidney Crosby in, you know, one-on-one -on -one meetings, uh, Brad True Living is announced as the new is the replacement and the GM for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But before the initial announcement comes out 30 minutes before that scheduled press conference, the penguins come out and say that they've hired Dubas as president of hockey operations. Mm -hmm. Love the pettiness. Oh, the pettiness is so there. Absolutely. Love, just, Oh, just undercutting every, Oh, you know, the big news uh, from, yep. from there. Uh, so the, the moves for both teams, let's, let's focus on Pittsburgh first it's got a, this all had to basically the decision, the direction, it all had to do with probably with that meeting that Dubas had with Crosby, right? Mm -hmm. Tell me you're a fly on that wall. What's that conversation? Like what is Dubas goes up, you know, they have their initial bullshit. What is Dubas saying to Crosby? Dubas is saying, Crosby, you're going to Montreal. <laughs> We're going to fully rebuild. <laughs> okay. No, no. He's, he probably was just, just feeling him out. I think, I, I, I think it's a good move, right? You, you got to, that's your star player, right? You got to meet with him. You got to see kind of what you can, you can feel the water, right? Mm -hmm. Feel if it's lukewarm, feel if Crosby's like, no, nah, I got another cup in me, you know? Right. Uh, so you, you have to do that. And so I like that Dubas did that. I, I have no idea what the direction is going to be. I think, I think the draft will be telling. I think, you know, I think if Pittsburgh goes in the draft and basically says, you know, we're going to keep our pick, but, you know, potentially make a move, excuse me, at the draft, I, you know, we, we know which direction they're going. So, yeah, I think, I think having that conversation, I think it's, I think it is telling, right, that he mm -hmm. didn't, you know, he had that conversation with Crosby, didn't include, I, I know the other two big names there are obviously Malkin and Latang, right? Right. Didn't didn't quite have those conversations with them to where you know may, maybe maybe it is maybe it's uh hey you know Sid what do you think you have you have your cups right what do you what do you think about kind of being a mentor towards the next crop right think mm -hmm. think about our franchise and I got to do my job and you know you're kind of at you know, towards the end of your job right so right um yeah it'll be interesting to see what they do I I I think it's a great move I think. Dubas probably went to Shanny and was like, Hey Shanny, I want your fucking job. And Shanny was like, piss the fuck off. Get the hell out of here. You know what I mean? So there was definitely, uh, there was always rumors throwing that there was a power struggle. You know, yeah. Shanahan was always cutting Dubas off at the knees. Um, there was some interesting rumored trades out there that I, I don't want to even give credence to, because obviously they didn't happen, but it'd be interesting to see if those actually came out. Um, I think you're, I think you're right on this in the sense that like, that meeting with Crosby, I, I think in so many words, it had to have come down to Dubas asking Crosby, okay, you can retire a penguin or you can have another kick at the can. Mm -hmm. You can't do both. Right. Like if you want to, if you, I'm giving you the respect of saying like, if you want to retire a pen, great. I will make sure that that happens. 
but I cannot promise you that this will be a winning team because of it. These cupboards are fucking dry, bro. Right. Or it's like, dude, I can, if you want to, if you want one more kick at the can, great, but it's not going to be with us. So I will, and I will do everything that I can to get you to where you want to go. And I think that's probably the honest conversation that happened because I, I don't, I see, I don't see any other scenarios for the Penguins. Like this is unfortunately a team that had tremendous success. They're coming, you know, they're on the tail end of an, an amazing era, an incredible run. This was as much as I hated them. They, that you, you have to give respect where credit is due. And I mean, they won back-to-back cups. There hasn't been a team that's done that for quite a while. Um, it's impressive. It's impressive. Yeah. So uh, I think walking in, uh, if Dubas I, tries to do a retool, you know, try to try to gear up and, and arm up for one more run, he's going to have to be ballsy about it. I think, I think to, to add on to that, because I, I agree. I think if we were to see that scenario, right, the third scenario, where you're saying Crosby's going somewhere else to get a cup or I'm doing a full rebuild and Crosby's just going to help, help the young guys come up. Mm-hmm. I think if we were to see that third scenario where it's like, Hey, Cros, we got, you know, two good years left, right? Let's go for it. You would have seen them and maybe, and maybe they were, maybe we just, we're not insiders, right? We don't know. You would have seen them go hard after Provorov. You would have seen them go hard after Severson, right? You would have yep. seen them go hard after a fucking goalie and they didn't, right? I mean, they just, Let's, you know, d- bear in mind that, Dubas is president of hockey operations. He has yet to hire a GM. The Spezza's they've, they've hired Spezza on, right? Right. As the assistant, as the uh, assistant to the GM. Uh, no assistant to, Oh, maybe it is GM. Yeah. It's but I don't think the GM or hockey ops, but I don't think Dubas either... has tapped anybody for GM. Right. Has he? Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. So that, that space is still open and that'll be an interesting dichotomy because it'll be a situation where like, Oh, you know, who's making the, who's calling the shots kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that'll be interesting to see. I, I genuinely think that Dubas is going to, it, at least it'll be exciting. At least it'll be fun. You know, it's, there's too many fucking teams in this league that are just sitting on their hands. We, we talked, I mean, this is a consistent fucking theme throughout this whole episode is that there's too many teams in this league that just are too afraid to fucking make that trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a weirdo dude. I, I actually like rebuilds. Yeah, it's just, it's just because I'm a fucking prospect, dude. I like I like seeing you know. Who's but gonna be, be aggressive in your rebuild. But be aggressive. I I completely agree. I think I think you know. Uh, there's a guy. Don't uh, just be bad for bad sake. Like, don't be don't. It there's a difference between tanking for a year or two to start can, to get the rebuild going, right. versus like inviting this. Like this is the problem with Buffalo. Like Buffalo just has a lose. I, I understand they're probably cl- they're now climbing out of it. But for what feels like the last 20 years, Buffalo just has this losing culture. Like it it couldn't be scripted better. They come, they start out well with the first 15 games of the season and then they fucking drop off. Yeah. So let me, let me, let me, let me comment on that real quick. Yep. Hit me with it. I think, so this is, this is why I could, the only potential way that you can see option three happen is because they're not getting a good enough deal at the trade deadline or not a good enough deal at draft day. Uh, you know, guys like Gensel and Russ, that's, those are good players for teams that needed to be moved at the trade deadline, right. Or needed to be needed to be moved, you know, prior. Right. Uh, you know, I think, I think that's, that's the only way I could see a potential loading up to see, Hey, let's see if we can do it one more year. 
uh, you know, that's that's the only only way I could see that option happening. But yeah, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see what they do in Pittsburgh. Hmm. Yeah. No, I'm I, I am I'm pulling up their their roster right now on daily faceoff. I mean, there's just not a lot of you just don't have a lot to work with. I mean, here. Raquel like, Raquel's another trade chip. You know, I, maybe I mean, someone will take Zucker, but you're not getting a huge return for him. It's more Zucker. of like a hoping that he's going to rebound. Zucker's a Zucker's a deadline third fourth for the eventual cup winner right yeah that's that's the his kind but of player. but we're at the point where i mean names that you know maybe five years ago would have carried some weight jeff carter and grandland if you sell them now you're you're paying somebody to take those guys sure like that contract is just massive like terrible on the grandland thing and jeff carter's fallen off a cliff but I think I think that's you know, and you can't deplete this decor anymore. God damn, dude! There's no there, you're you're squeezing blood from a stone. What are you gonna do? You and you they gonna sign and Petri, Petrie, Petrie, maybe. I mean, and if you dig deeper, what are you gonna get into, for him? What are you gonna get for him? A second? Yeah, maybe a second. And this draft, that's not bad. But um, I think, and if you dig even deeper into the situation that Dubas is coming into they have like a bottom five prospect pool, right? Like this, this team is fucking barren, dude. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I think you do have to go scorched earth with this team. Unfortunately, I, I just, just the way it's I, built out. I don't see how you could squeeze it anymore. They've been, they've been yeah. squeezing it that Burke and then the guy before him have been trying to pull a Kenny Holland where you're just trying to keep the game going. Yeah. Like you're yeah. trying to make the magic, the, the show must go on. So you continue to roll. Like, I look at this roster and I get, you know, 20, 2012, 2014 Red Wings vibes where mm-hmm. that, you know, the, the names are still there, but the names don't carry as much weight. And th- this team is just, it, it's setting into the sunset. And instead of doing what they should be doing and rebuilding, they're, they're just trying to squeeze out as little as bit as you can. And that's what Ken Holland did. And that's why, that's why Red Wings fans are incredibly patient with Steve Eiserman is because they know the situation that he was left. Mm-hmm. Like there's mm-hmm. after fun fact, and not to bring this back to the Red Wings, but like of, of that era, the only Red Wing left is Larkin. Everyone else is gone. Yeah. Now that Bertuzzi and Heronic are, are out. Everyone's well, gone. When, what was, what was Larkin drafted? I don't know. Hmm. Probably look that up. Let me see. Dylan Larkin, born nineteen ninety six, drafted fifteenth overall. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. But uh, on the other end of the spectrum, though, if you're Brad, if you're Brad Trevling, I think that's how you say it. Uh, you're Brad, true living, you're, but sure, tr- whatever. True living. There you go. I I don't know what it is. It's, I have no idea. It's. Toronto, I don't give a shit. Sure. It's a boring, and, and this is a boring pick. Like we, yeah. for as much excitement as we got with like new names and new ideas and whatnot, then we got a fucking whole cavalcade of, oh, let's just recycle old fucking coaches. Yeah. And, and GMs like, oh, Brad True Living. He, that guy that like picked a coach that basically completely poisoned the well in our locker room. And, and, and then, Traded away the eventual front runner for the con Smythe until the fucking Stanley Cup Finals. Right, like yeah, oh weird. oh, and and has 
no play has little to no more playoff experience than our the guy we just fired. Right. Yeah, let's bring him on. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, that'll be great. He's gone and in two it, years, dude. Well, no, I think it's I mean Shanahan is Shanahan's the man in charge, and that's the problem, is that I think Shanahan Toronto, the Toronto Maple Leafs are not like a normal team where the GM or the president of hockey operations has full confidence. Like it's, it's delegated by like a board and the board goes to Shanahan. They tell Shanahan what to do. And then it goes to the G it's, you're just, you're never going to win that way. What a 2023 way to run a fucking hockey team. Uh, It's so dumb. So dumb. I, you got to be a, if if Vegas has shown us anything, and this is a copycat league, so I'm hoping that people take notes and follow Vegas's footsteps. But you got to be aggressive. You got to want to fucking win. Yeah, you're just not. It's you're just not gonna fucking do it. Yeah, if you don't try to actually be aggressive and make moves, and that's and, why that's why I love. Uh, and we, we can jump into Columbus right now. Jarmo sure. Kekalainen. The GM for that that man, you know what? Columbus has been up and down. I get it. He's got some been, stones on him. He's got some fucking stones. You know, he's trying. He knows mm-hmm. that his squad isn't doing right, so we need to. Uh, he's not even waiting for the draft. We're three weeks away from the draft, and he's already acquired two very solid defensemen. Yeah, I, Provorov. People are so fucking just excited about Provorov. I, he's. So I'm not saying that he's a. He's not. He's, he's better than elite. they had. Yes, he's better correct. than they, they had. That's it, for sure. They, with two agree. moves, they have upgraded their defense. Provorov has one forty-plus point season, forty-one points, and he ha- he's he's not a good D, dude. I, so I, I, he's an offensive defenseman, and he's been on a very bad Philadelphia Flyers team. Like when you when Carter Hart is putting out, look, I'm. I am not trying to say that Ivan Provorov is an elite defenseman. I'm saying that he's a solid, good upgrade to a very weak decor that Columbus had. Bringing on uh, Severson from New Jersey—that's uh, that's that one's that one's better. And they that's gave a fine up, piece of work. They gave up less for him. Yep. That's a better player, and they gave up less than they did for Provorov. That's yep. what blows my mind. Yep. But. That is a that's a fine piece of work, and that was a sign and trade too. You don't see many of those nowadays. That's pretty rare. Um, so that, that's a fine piece of work and they've been rumored to be kicking tires on goalies. I, you know, it's, do I think that Elvis Mers Lincoln's is bound to have a better year than he had last year? Yes. hundred percent. Um, and with the upgraded squad, you know, it's, you know, you've got Johnny Gaudreau, you know, Gaudreau, Line, you've got Rensky coming back. Like it's Columbus is bound to have a mild, I, I, they're, they're certainly not going to be as bad as they were last year. They're definitely, and they're about to draft a eventual top line center. It doesn't matter if they go with Carlson or they, you know, Fantilli falls to them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's either of those guys are a top line center in the league. Yeah. No, so, I, which I is agree. What they it's, need. Look at, looking at their, looking at this lineup right now, like Gaudreau, Jenner, and Line A is a fine first line. There's no problem okay. with it. You don't need to tweak that. Your second line, it, it, this is worth, you know, Marchenko and Roslovic are solid pieces. I think. If, correct me if I'm wrong. They're still developing. Like they're kind of young, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So you got that. Kent Johnson. I, aren't you pretty high up on that guy? Oh, he's a fucking stud. Okay. Yeah. So Kent Johnson's. A, so that's a young second line that with a lot to prove. Mm-hmm. Um, then you get your, then there's just no depth on this team is the problem. Liam Foodie, Cole Sillinger, uh, Bemstrom. I don't even know who Bemstrom is. Uh, Crowley. You've heard that name. 
somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Oliver and Eric Robinson. It's this is just a team that's very top heavy and doesn't have any depth whatsoever. And then once Wierenski goes down, you had no defenseman whatsoever. Oh, Adam Boakfist, dude. Come on. No. <laughs> no. That's it, bro. Yeah, he's and we'll put Pete it this way. Or something like that. We'll Pete. put it this way. He played all season, you know, as a top pairing D guy last year. Uh, all they did is acquire two defensemen in the offseason. And now, uh, according to Daily Faceoff, he is now their like he's their sixth, seventh guy right now. Sure. Yeah, that's that, I, that sh- goes to show how bad the defensive core was. And when you get better defensemen, you might get some better play from Elvis from his Lincolns. Do I think that Elvis needs some backup or, some, you know, to split the load with? Totally. I don't think uh, uh, Tarasov is the answer. Mm hmm. So, yeah, I mean, and, and don't get me wrong. I, it's just he, just listening to people talk about Ivan program. Obviously, there's the whole LGBTQ shit. Oh, but, I don't even I don't even care about that. But but there but there is some that's like, off ice bullshit. I, I, I talk about on ice shit. Technically, that was on ice. But OK, you know what I mean? Um, Yeah, but 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 for what they gave up for him, that's. That's almost top line D stuff, and yeah. he's just—he's not. He's a—he's a second pairing at best kind of guy. I just—he's—he's yeah, he's, he's a second line he's defenseman. A, he's okay. I don't know. There's just you know, yeah. You can't just point at a bad team. There, there was good players on that fucking team even last year, yeah. right? Konechny had a good fucking season. Uh, D'Angelo wasn't bad, right? And Provorov was still garbage. He's not. He's to me. To me, he's he's not a third D pairing. I won't go that far, but he's he's your fourth D on a team. He is, and he's making six mil. Get the fuck out of here. I that's, mean, on I this Columbus know. on this Columbus team, he's your third. Well, yeah, but that's just I I understand. I'm just saying, on this Columbus team, he's your third defenseman. And and that's the other, what they need right now. Say so, yeah. say they go out and they pick up Petri or Petri or you know say the Red Wings finally get tired of Ben Sherratt. Or whatever, like you, you add that depth piece, and then yeah, now he drops to fourth. But at the moment, he's yeah. their third best defenseman. They they won't do that, and the reason they won't is because they actually have they uh, David Yerichek from last year mm-hmm. is a is a very good defenseman, and so he'll he'll be with the big club next year and probably fit in on that second line, probably with Program. I would assume you'd see Program and Yerichek. Uh But yeah, I, and I I don't disagree. I, I like to see what Kekalainen's doing, and I don't think they're done. I think there's plenty more that they can do nope. when you have, when you have Patrick Kleine and, and Johnny Goudreau, those guys aren't going to wait around a long time. Nope. So you got to do something. And and he has, he's, he's, he knew where his holes were because as soon as Wierenski went down, you had three third pairing D's, right. And you're fucked and, yep. and you don't have, but you don't have a top line center unless you think the, the whoever you draft Carlson or, Fantilli is going to come in and instantly be that top line guy. He's probably not done. I think uh, he probably still needs a little bit of help down the middle. So, right. Yep. Yeah. We'll, we'll no. see what, we'll see what happens, but yeah, right. I, I like what they're doing. So yeah, I, they're, they're, they're fucking trying, you yeah. know, it's, they're trying. They're, there are just, there are so many teams in this fucking league where they just sit back and they wonder, I wonder why my team's not getting better. Like, mm-hmm. You can only, yes, it's it's a wonderful success story, and I'll admit it's much more satisfying if you can make the distance with talent that you've homegrown. I totally understand that mentality. That being said, it just doesn't always work. Like that's yeah. that's almost the definition of catching lightning in a fucking bottle. You know, mm-hmm. 
like those Red Wings teams that not to re- lead everything back to the fucking Red Wings, but like those teams that were successful, the amount of luck that came from having Henrik Zetterberg and Pavel Dotsuk on the fucking roster, you know, those guys were late, late draft picks. Yeah, who were their first rounders from those fucking drafts? Because Fuck, those guys knows? probably were fucking nowhere. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely no idea. So the fact that those guys are on this roster and made those what it is, like it rarely happens. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just it, it's you sometimes it's 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 a combination of talent. Okay. And in Vegas's case, they did both. Yes, they've got a, a core five five or six misfits from their initial expansion draft. Then they've got the pieces that they went out and bought. And then they actually have some homegrown talent. Zach Whitecloud. Um, uh, uh, Amadio? Mm-hmm. Michael Amadio? Is that? Um, let's let's see here. Okay, so trivia question. I actually, I don't know. I don't. So, all right. Well, know. so here, look, rapid fire real quick. So Ivan Barbashev was an acquisition. Jack Eichel was uh-huh. an acquisition. March so is an OG. Mark Stone was an acquisition. Chandler yep. Stevenson was an acquisition. Brett Howden. Uh, I don't know. Acquisition. He, he would have been, I think he was with Winnipeg. Okay. And, so an acquisition. Yeah. Riley Smith is OG. Willem Carson, mm-hmm. OG. Michael Amadio is homegrown. Ah, that's good to know. Will Carrier is an OG. Nick Waugh is either, if he's not OG, He's like one year removed from OG. Like he was an acquisition, but he was in like year two. Yeah. Nick Waugh's been on this team for quite a while. Buffalo, maybe. I don't remember. Mm, Yeah, I'd have to think about it. But I feel like he's been on Vegas for quite a while. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I remember when the trade happened, they were, they they used to call him a shit disturber, which is, Mm. which is fucking fantastic and and just, yeah, disturbing. Sounds like Uh, a terrible career choice. Oh God. Or, or a great one, depending uh, on yeah, you I mean, know, which way you swing. Yeah. Uh, Keegan Colazar, homegrown. Alec Martinez, acquisition. Bertangelo, acquisition. Braden McNabb, uh, OG. Shady mm-hmm. Theodore, OG. Mm-hmm. Nick Haig, I think he's an OG. That sounds right. Uh, Zach Whitecloud's homegrown. Uh, Aiden Hill is an acquisition. Quick acquisition. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, most yeah. of this team was assembled. It's a, yeah, it's a good good mixture. So yeah. you've got you've got a little bit of everything. Whereas it's just, I get it. Sometimes GMs just don't have the flexibility of going. At, like maybe their owners just like I don't. I'm not giving you any money to spend. Like fuck you. Sure. Like make it make it work with our kids. Great, awesome, love to do that. Like that's probably the frustrating part of being an Arizona Coyotes GM. You know, mm-hmm. like you I, have to draft. <laughs> right. There's there's you literally have zero money to go you can't go buy any players right it's just not it's just not gonna happen so um i think that's the frustrating part but i i think i i hope that this sets a precedent of like it's showing hey man you gotta you gotta take risks to win the fucking stanley cup and where i hope we get to the point where even if you shoot your shot and it doesn't work like that's i would i would rather respect that than somebody who just sits on their fucking hands and hopes for the best Mm-hmm. Yep, I think it. I think it's becoming. Well, I mean, I don't know. Dubis shot his fucking shot. So they. I mean, they. Yeah. They. You know, they brought in some pieces this and year. And I give him all the credit in the world. You know what? It's yeah. they did not. They Toronto did not do well 
not because of him. Right. He has assembled a great roster. I don't think anybody would, even non-Toronto fans, you and I, would look at that roster and go, it's on paper, it's talented. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, on paper, in an NHL 2023 simulation, this team will do well. Yeah, so it now just, it comes down to coaching and it comes down to the actual players and the chemistry and all that bullshit. Yeah. That's true. not his, that's not his job. His job yeah. is to put the pieces on the board. Very true. So there's that. All right. Let's wrap up the show real quick with some quick ch- coach chat. Um, Taylor, tell me, tell me a little bit about uh, the new ducks coach. Yeah. Ducky's got a new coach. They're going the AHL route again which is, uh, you don't love, but I think... Weren't the, weren't the goals pretty successful, though? What's that? Aren't the goals pretty successful, though? Well, so they pulled they pulled him from the Colorado Eagles. Oh. Um, uh, goals were garbage this year. Oh. They, 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 they were good under Eakins. I think Eakins, so I used to have an old boss, love him to death, but we called him Squishy. Okay. So, and I think I think Eakins was squishy. I think Eakins just he did let the kids kind of do their thing, but he didn't have any systems. Like it was basically just he was garbage doing that. Yeah, I don't know. He's just he, he's he's never gonna have an NHL job again. Uh, this guy, he's a little more, um, just a little more structured, right? And I think I think he puts more of an emphasis on defense, right? So even Zegers, Zegers very well could have fifty to sixty points next year trying to adjust to the coach's system. Uh, but he's going to be a better player in the long run because he's going to have some of these defensive, uh, you know, qualities just absolutely imprinted into his brain. So, I, I mean, to be honest with you, it, it depends who they draft. I think this is going to be a very young team for the next two, three years. Uh-huh. They uh, ducks, Ducks have done really well drafting, especially defensemen recently. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see kind of where some of those, uh, they like in each of the junior leagues, they had the defenseman of the year, mm. which is, which is pretty impressive. So like this, this coach, I think it was the first time ever that it's happened. So they, like this coach is coming into a nice situation. Uh, I'm just spacing on his name. So I keep saying this coach. Right. But uh, yeah, so I, I mean, it'll be good. Okay. I, I honestly, fuck yeah, he's, he's he's garbage. Yep. Um, no, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I think, I think, you know, yeah, he's been around a long time. He's been an assistant coach in the NHL. He's been a head coach in the AHL. He's he's just kind of he's like sixty years old. Like he's been around the block. So yeah, I, it's going to be another trying season for the Ducks, and it's just because they're super young. Uh, Gibby wants out, right? So yep. they're going to be made that even very younger. clear. Yeah, and 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 good for him. Understandably right? so. He's he's put up with some shit. He put up with he put up with four years of Dallas fucking Eakins. Yeah, that guy well, can I, that guy gets whatever he wants, dude. He's yeah. he is a god. So for it's it's funny. It, well, our our next episode our next episode will most likely be our our draft preview. Yeah. But um, we are while while free agency looks pretty boring, we are it we are set to have a very interesting off season because of the number of players that are wanting out very interesting players mm-hmm. like name names like gibson and hellebuck and shifley and uh pld like yeah. these names are coming out where you know i fuck i it looks like a situation where winnipeg might be forced into a rebuild because nobody wants to resign there mm-hmm. so that's nobody wants to buy season to... tickets apparently there either so fuck god they're begging <laughs> the fan base we want our team here yeah. uh 
Caps. Caps get a new coach. Yep. I don't know anything yep. about this guy. Apparently he was Toronto's assistant coach or something. Yeah, yeah. It highly sought after. Okay. Um, yeah, assistant coach, I think fresh blood in there. You know, he's gonna have to fucking cater to OV, so he's, who knows? He's he's a placeholder coach. Like he's not they're they're bringing him in not to win. He's there, he's there to supervise the chase to the record and make sure that the team doesn't fall apart. I, it, it, I'm not, I'm not trying to insult. Gig. I'm not trying to insult him. It's just like, you have to be realistic of where you're at and you don't, you're not going to, you don't bring on, you know, a Bruce Cassidy, a Pete DeBoer, a Gallant, a, you know, you, you don't bring these guys on right now where the caps are at because the caps aren't going to make caps probably won't make the playoffs next year. Very early prediction. Spencer Carberry. Yep. Um, okay. Yeah, this is this is clearly a if he does well while Ovi's there, mm-hmm. right, it's given him a chance to have success in the NHL and potentially get an NHL job or keep his NHL job as soon as Ovi's gone. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't mind this one at all. Nope. Absolutely. All right. Uh, last big coach hire. Uh, the the coach equivalent of lithium. Peter LaViolette goes to New York. Uh, Peter Laviolette, uh, not a, if you're a long time listener to the show, you know, I don't have any really respect for Laviolette. Uh, I think that La, you hire Laviolette when you go, fuck, I can't think of anybody else. <laughs> is, that, it, is there anybody else? No. Well, we have yeah. to have a coach next year, right? Yeah. They, they, the league won't let us <laughs> uh, get Gary will call me up. You have, you have to have a coach next year. Do we? And they're like, oh, fuck. All right. We'll hire Peter. He's always available, right? Yeah, yeah. He's he's not. He doesn't have a job right now. Yeah, well, of course they, he does. They they like escort him out of the office and they look around the fucking lobby. Yeah, it's, like anybody else? Anybody else here? Nope, just Peter. Okay, just Peter. All right, we'll take you. Now, yeah. him and him and uh, they're just coaches that I, I guess I respect. Like I know that they're probably know the game and whatnot, but they're those guys that just don't have a history of really doing anything. I, I did look into Laviolette's background. Like his last success is kind of like Torella. You know, like mm-hmm. he, he had some success in the early 2000s and hasn't really been able to replicate it since. Uh, Bruce Boudreau, it comes to mind, is another name of like coaches that they're just there to kind of right the ship and they can't really think of anything clever. So we'll go with tried and true safe. Sure. I, I, I don't, I just don't see this. To me, I, I know that they probably won't see it this way, but I see hiring LaViolette as New York is kind of waving the white flag. Like it, they're. I just don't see them taking a next step with Laviolette. In fact, gonna, this is a yeah. This is a downgrade from Gallant. They're, yeah, I agree. And they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna retool. I could see them. They're gonna get rid of one of Kako or Lafreniere. I can tell you right now. It just those guys. They've mismanaged them, but they haven't worked out either. Um, well, so Kaner's yeah. gone, right? Yeah, Kaner's gone. He was on an expiring. Senko is Senko gone too? Yeah, Tarasenko will be gone. Okay. So you're, I mean, you're in a situation where you've got a, you've got some money to play with at least. Yeah. I, I, he doesn't move the needle. I completely agree, especially in the East. It just, at best, to me, at, yeah. at best, he doesn't move the needle at it. At worst, he's a, in my opinion, he's a downgrade. Yeah. They, they could, they could easily miss the playoffs next year with Lavila behind the bench. I just, I don't think that, that guy brings anything to a team. Like he doesn't, and it's, it's interesting because a name, a name that kind of popped up as a potential landing spot in the Rangers, 
was Patrick Waugh after mm-hmm. winning the Memorial Cup, right? His second one, I think he's won as a coach. He so step, he stepped down from the Quebec team. Yeah. Making himself making himself available. Yeah. And and so it's interesting that they apparently like it, the word was they didn't even like consider him. Uh, which is interesting because I think can you imagine Patrick Wall with Shisterkin? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. What a sweet deal. Um the other one, I don't know if we talked about it. I I think we did on the last one, maybe. Uh, but Andrew Burnett's still a fucking great hire for for Preds with uh with Trotz as the GM. God, what a fucking what a dynamic duo. I really liked Burnett. I, I wanted I wanted Burnett to be the the Ducks coach, but um yeah. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, there, there's some other rumors and stuff that we could dive into, but I think that we'll, we'll that's probably best saved for the, the draft episode. So, sure. and we're also sure. 136. Not bad. Okay. Yeah, All right. Good. Pretty good. Look All right, us. folks. Appreciate, uh, appreciate you guys being patient with us. I know that we skipped a week, but, uh, um, that's just, you know, it's just the nature of the beast with summer. So now that, now that that's over, uh, expect uh, an episode from us every other week. We'll be, but we're going to make it fun. We're going to make it fun. We'll bring in news, uh, talk about special topics, maybe even have some fun games on here. Who knows? Uh, maybe even some interviews. So uh, we'll definitely have some fun. We actually have a huge announcement uh, for the end of July that we'll be at, but we'll, we'll keep that under wraps for now. We've mm-hmm. got a little time to, mm-hmm. to, to stew about that. So yeah. uh, without further ado, Taylor, anything else? Um, yeah. Next one will be fun. It'll be fun to kind of just dig into who the Kraken could potentially draft. So yeah. Yeah, because they they have they have a few holes that they need to fill. So it'll definitely. Be to well, see what and of course, uh, please follow us on uh, social media. We're very active on Twitter and Facebook. So uh, jump onto those platforms, give us a follow and a like, and uh, yeah, follow us uh, and subscribe to us. Subscribe to us on whatever podcast that you're on. Hell yeah! All right, folks. Thanks.